The Casper mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Combines springy latex, supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface. Just the right sink, just the right bounce. Gary, I am telling you, I sleep on one of these things. It is incredible. I bet it's incredible. It was Time Magazine's best invention in 2015. I am not surprised having slept on one. It's incredible. You try the Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund you everything. There's nothing not to love here with the Casper mattress. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash dreams. Use the offer code dreams. Terms and conditions apply, of course. But Gary, I think uh, you would agree, right? Great deal. 50 bucks off. Absolutely. Use the code dreams at casper.com slash dreams. Casper mattress. Thank you so much. All right, I had a dream. I had a yeah, dream. I was like 14 years old. Reoccurring dream. years afterwards. I woke up in a cold sweat after that. What does that mean? Hello and welcome to the In Your Dreams podcast, sponsored by Casper Mattress, where we take actual submissions, actual voicemails from you, the listener, where you tell us about your dreams, and I analyze them, although I am not qualified to do so, and that's why I have brought in my friend, Gary Richardson. Gary, how you feeling? I'm doing okay. Episode two, In Your Dreams. You know, I'm feeling loose. You know, it's good to be back in my old stomping grounds uh, yes. in the metaphysical sense of the word. Yes. Yeah. Now, let me explain what Gary means by old stomping grounds. We're out at a bar one night. He says, I don't think you know this. My background, my studies, dream analysis. That's what I went to school for. Absolutely. Felt blessed. In the mountains in Colorado. Oh, yeah. I never asked you what school you even went to. It was in Colorado. Are you familiar with the uh, Naropa Institute? No. It's a cool space. Cool space. Yeah, a lot of cool people there thinking cool stuff, trying different things. It's a good time. Nice. Yeah, because you got, as soon as I mentioned to Gary that this podcast was on the table and that cat, also, I sleep on a Casper. I mentioned that to you. I told you how great mm-hmm. it was. You seem very, very excited about the prospect yeah, of really yeah. attacking this. Absolutely. Our guest this week, one of my good friends, I wouldn't say my best friend, mm-hmm. but a really good friend. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Already. Already. One of my favorite people in the world of comedy, all time. Oh. If you are uh, in New York City, you are well aware as the massive amount of press rolls in covering this oh boy. lovable person's I many wish projects. this was yeah. somebody else's intro. Joe Firestone. Hi. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I wish how it was somebody you? else's intro. Why? I don't know. That's a ringing endorsement. I spent some time at Nairopa. Did you? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. What were you doing there? I was minoring in yoga. Were you aware that they had like a dream analysis? Yeah, I was looking into that, but then I was focusing on my body at that time. You were. Yeah, and cool. what town is that in? Gary? You know, I feel like once you enter the space, I think physical space and physical boundaries are no longer important. Oh, okay. But yeah. definitely Denver. Denver, oh yeah. How do you feel about dreams? Do you buy into this? You are a person who I think um, buys into spirituality on some level, the metaphysical on yeah. some level. Actually, that's like the one thing that my family can like all kind of do together. Mm-hmm. Um, Is what? Analyze each other's dreams. Oh, so you you've, you've long family tradition of this. Yeah, my family has two things in common. Mm-hmm. One of them. Dream analysis. The other one, we cannot eat hot food. You're going to be running neck and neck with Gary here as far as the expertise. That's I don't, awesome. No, I didn't, except major, for, I didn't except study for I, uh, I definitely can eat spicy foods. Okay. No, no, no. Hot temperature. Are you for real? Yeah, my That's what you meant by hot? We can't eat hot food. <laughs> you can't eat hot food. <laughs> I, t- I tell you now, we cannot eat hot Wait, food. Wait, what do you mean? When you go to a restaurant, you always order a cold dish? No, they eat a hot dish and they get angry. 
You, I'm having such trouble following you this. You and your whole family get upset when you eat food that is hot, not spice-wise, but temperature-wise. Temperature-wise, no one in the Firestone family can eat hot food. So when you order pasta, if you have some some gnocchi come out. Everyone you, has to wait for at least 15 minutes. You let it cool until it's cold. My family, this is what we would do, is we would cut. There was like a light above the the dinner table that we had. There was like a big, just one light, like it was like an interrogation lamp. Yeah. And this is what my family would do. This is what I, my dad taught us to do. He would, we would cut our meat and then hold it up to the light. And when it stopped steaming, that's when we could eat it. You all had to do that at the same. It's what we wanted to do. We opted to do it. So everyone would hold their meat to the light, and when steam stopped, like a, some sort of like cult esque ritual. Yeah, I don't want to. You know what? This is not. This is real life, and yeah, I want to talk I, about absolutely. dreams. We can do this. Absolutely. I mean, this is fascinating, and I'm into it. But we got to get to the dreams. Okay. Absolutely, Let's Joe. I want to hear about one of yours, so our audience can get to know you. We can get to know you, and we can all get into this dream analysis together. All right. Uh, so, I'd say eighty five percent of my dreams are anger based dreams. Oh. Um, I had a recurring dream for a while. I was I'm in a book club with Gary, and he insisted. Aparna said this too in her episode. <laughs> I never get invited to any of these things, and well, you go out to brunch with with. No, I went out to brunch all the once, time, and I, I never get invited never to brunch. Down this thing, but Gary suggested we read this book, Pimp by Iceberg Slim. Yeah, that's a classic. It's, it's so terrible. I mean, women in that book are just terribly treated, and uh, so I had a recurring dream for maybe. Um, I'd go ahead and say three months that uh, my boyfriend was pimping me out. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, and I would wake up furious, and I would wake up. Out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't speak to him the whole day. Wow! He would pimp me out on the street, um, taking me around. <laughs> and this was caused by my co-host Gary Richardson. Gary Richardson recommended a book that that severely affected your relationship with your boyfriend. Yeah, did it. I, I will say during that time, uh, Joe Firestone texted me one day and just said, I think this book is changing me. Wow. I've had only one other recurring dream where I'm driving through the Burger King drive through with my mom and we go to get hamburgers with ketchup and then we go to the pay window and it's Batman. Batman at the pay window. And he doesn't like us. And this has happened. He scares us. This is a recurring dream. Yeah. And, then and we, these are very real. We, we should drive say. away no hamburgers. A lot of people might think you're joking right now because these are very... Fringe dreams, but Joe, I know you well enough to know these are the types of dreams that pop into your head. I don't. These seem like very normal dreams. You get pimped out by your boyfriend, and you go to the Burger King drive-through with your mom. You get Batman. Now let's talk about this because there's a common theme among these dreams. And Gary, I'm not the expert. Tell me if I'm linking this. Okay. A boyfriend, a male figure that, in the very traditional binary old world value sense, someone meant to protect. Batman, again, masculine figure, superhero, aimed to protect. Joe has recurring dreams where male figures are angry, are exploitive. What's this telling us? I mean, where? what about my mom driving? What yeah. about where is she driving? Absolutely. Right? And Burger King, where you can have it your way, exactly. but you get to the window. And the man who isn't exactly the man that we need, but the man that we deserve, or the opposite, right? One of those is true. And he's telling you. He doesn't even tell you anything from what I understand. Mm -hmm. But you leave without burgers. Yeah. No burgers. No burgers. No burgers from the Burger King. The king. Yeah. Who's sent out to protect. Absolutely. Can I just pause one second? Because, Gary, you – at the end you said absolutely in a self-satisfied way, but you really just reiterated what the dream was. You didn't really say so oh, much. gotcha. Oh, you, you, you want me to break it down and what it means? I mean, that's okay. kind of the point of this. Gotcha. In that case – uh. 
Well, let's start back with the three months of being pimped out. Yeah. But that's three months. That's a third of a year, right? No. It's a fourth of a year. It's a fourth of a year. How many months are in a year? How many months are in a year? There's 12. You're right. It's a fourth of a year. Yeah. A little bit shorter time. Yeah. So, what do you think that you're giving up a quarter of your life in service of others? Excuse me? It's not an accusation, Joe. It's an analysis. I'm, I'm trying to... Decipher oh, what's going on. Because my boyfriend is a pimp. If I'm he's in a pimp, service of if, others. If he's a pimp, we are to believe that you're a prostitute in your dream, right? I, I guess so. And mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and may, may, maybe you're not happy with what you're doing. Maybe at that time, not only was pimp the book that you were reading, but mm-hmm. you were also maybe working the job that you weren't happy with. You mm-hmm. were probably I think I was like working a, for Chris Gethard at the time. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Joe is a writer on the. Chris yeah. Show. It seems like maybe you weren't so happy. It seems like maybe there was, you were being so outward, pushing, you were doing everything outwardly that you weren't taking care of yourself. And what do you mean by doing things outward? You were this doing your job. a real true visceral tension in this room between the three of us. I'm just trying to say, maybe you weren't taking care of yourself. I don't well, make Gary's, the dreams. Gary's the expert, I don't make I the guess. dreams. Yeah, you studied at the Naropa? Yes, Naropa. And what was your time like there? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I learned a lot about my body. Yoga. When were you there? Oh, seven to 2010. Oh, so we were there at the same time? Yeah. Really? How many students are there? There's like, what, like 200? Yeah, something like that. That's crazy that you guys never mm-hmm. crossed But I took path. the Sherpa track in my isolated field of study. I took the Sherpa track. One student from every year is nominated to take the Sherpa track where you go out on your own. And you uh, explore the mountains. You learn the region. Wow. Is that, I didn't, did you, were you Sherpa track, Joe? No, I was not Sherpa track. I guess I, I didn't know there was a Sherpa track. Weird. So you were one of 200 students. You were there at the same time. You guys never met. And this is because a secret society inducted you into an individual quest? Into an isolated study, yes. Okay, I think we should get to the listener voicemail. This is very exciting. Joe, I know you you stage tons of shows in New York City, and so many of them allow the crowd to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're going to be so excited. We opened up a voicemail. We got thousands of submissions. We have gone through them. Our producer, Dave, has really picked out the best of the best. Let's go ahead. Let's hear our first voicemail. This is, uh, of course, In Your Dreams, brought to you by Casper Mattress. And we're so excited to hear about the dreams you, our actual listeners, have had. Okay, so this is a dream that I had decades ago, and I have lots of weird dreams, but this one has stuck out because I thought it was particularly odd, and I'll be brief. There, I'm standing in front of um, a, a rock mountain, and some monster has sort of, I've punched him, and he's fallen against the mountain and instantly died from the ferocity of my punch. The top of his head opens up, and I see his brain. And then from the brain, a little um, vein comes out of his head. And out of the vein unscrolls a piece of paper. And on the piece of paper, there's a big letter C. And then it says subscript, M as in Mary, V as in Victor. So C, M, V, big black letters with a subscript MV, like a mathematical equation or something. And then I'm, and I'm standing there watching all this. Then over my shoulder, I see somebody's hand in my peripheral vision with a, a um, pointing at this thing, the CMV. And it says very seriously, she died for that thought. 
And I knew in the dream that the she was me. And so this person says, she died for that thought. And then I woke up. And I have no idea what C subscript MV means and why would I die for that. Have a great day, guys. Bye. What? Wow. I'm happy I'm happy she said have a great day yeah. at the end to cheer us back up after a grim and chilling oh. dream. Mm-hmm. Joe, what do you uh what do you make of that? CMV, a monster, a vein that sprouts a scroll? Well, I mean, she doesn't seem surprised that she killed the monster with one punch. Like that's mm-hmm. not even the most surprising part that she just killed a monster against a rock mountain. I also think it's so fascinating that a monster got killed and then she is informed that she was killed. I'm wondering if on some level the monster was her, some yes. some side of her personality. I don't know. Let's She's going to becoming an organ donor. That's very specific. Yeah. Gary, your takeaway is this woman planning on becoming an <laughs> You know, I think that, I think that uh, the slaying of a monster uh, and for her to do it with one punch, that is something that uh, I think that we are to believe is admirable because she was pleased with herself. And the piece of paper coming out of the vein in the brain, the sea... Envy. Uh, when we see the letter C, we're actually talking about vision. What? C. We're talking about C. vision, like C S E E. An envy. 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 Exactly. So M. The MV actually means envy. Exactly. So C envy. There, there are people who are envious of you and your skills, your talents, what you bring to the table. No, 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 no matter what it is, people who are shrouded behind you, or you can only see their hands. You can only see peripheral. Things They are saying, see envy. She died for that. You died for that. You put your blood, sweat, and tears. That's what the vein represents. What did you, blood, wait, sweat, and tears. Hold on. I was with you until you said she died for that. Who died for that? They, that's the she thought, wasn't that, formed that's in the, the dream. That's that the she thing. died yeah, for the, the envy that she saw in others? She, she died for that thought. That thought? That thought is oh, what, so it's is what like was said. punishing thing. So it's like an ego-driven. She's become so strong only to spite others. Well, the monster's a man, and I thought it was interesting she gendered the monster. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about it except for it's a boy. Sure, but if we are talking about uh, her becoming stronger, I think that that is very poignant to be like, oh, like she worked hard enough to compete with somebody and maybe in like a more male-dominated field. And she has worked hard and got into this place that other people haven't. And people are now envious of her and they're upset and they're angry. I also think it's interesting that the message sprouted from the brain. I would have to imagine mm-hmm. there's symbolism there. This was not the heart. This was not the gut. This mm-hmm. was not from a sexual place. This is an intellectual. Mm-hmm. A message sprouted from male intellectualism. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're saying. I'm sure there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. I think we need to look at the big picture here. Yeah. Okay. Because she talked about the dream. And the dream was almost a dreadful dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then, very intense. Let's remember the last words she said. Have a good day, guys. Yeah. yeah. She so, remains positive. Mm-hmm. She remains positive in spite of this recurring dream taking up a lot of her subconscious. There's something there. Maybe there's an internal fight with what she's putting out in the world. Mm-hmm. She's punching what she's punching. Absolutely. And what she's receiving. That mm-hmm. was great, Joe. Hey, you're welcome. I, I, there was also a tone of... Especially in the stretch where she said that she died for that thought. She was aware of this. She Mm -hmm. was going to die. There's a certain level to which people view dreams as sort of like prophecies. Something's going to happen to you. You have to figure it out. This dream's trying to guide you. Why is that? Why is that human instinct? I'm sure that's something that you covered in your your studies at the Institute. Yeah, it is human instinct because 
that's kind of what we always thought. Wait, could you say that again in different words? Sure. Uh, It's human instinct because we only know it to be human instinct. There's been many studies as to whether or not animals dream. And I think that if they do dream, they also believe that it's visions from God. So I think that we are foolish in calling it a human instinct. I think it's a an animalistic instinct, something that we've created to make sense of I don't the mean mania. To, I don't mean to just constantly question, but you believe that animals believe in God? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen an animal pray? Have you? Yes, I have. How did they pray? They dropped their head to the floor. Who did? Animals. Which animal did you see do this? Any animal. Tell me one animal you've seen. Dog. You've seen a dog put its head to the floor and you know that's prayer? I feel like there's some tension here. And also, I, I would love to focus on dreams. This is, you know, I, I do think we need to remember, too, this podcast um, is sponsored by Casper Mattress, and we're focusing in on dreams as a, uh, You're right. you know, as a way to tie that in. And I, right. I think the religion of animals is a valid topic for, certainly for discussion, maybe on another podcast. So I, I, do, I don't want to be a wet blanket. I want to focus back up. I also want to say, too, about that. I can speak personally. I sleep on a Casper Mattress, and it is incredible. Um, memory, the memory foam. It's. It, I tell people this all the time. I don't know how to explain it. It is a very soft mattress that also is firm, also very supportive. Uh, my wife loves it. She says she'll never sleep on another type of mattress. She has a lot of back problems. Says they help great. My friend, uh, I helped my friend move into a new house with a Casper mattress, and the experience was like um, that Pillsbury biscuit dough. Yeah. Where you unpop mm-hmm. it. Which oh, you, open the, you got to open up the box, it's right? Satisfying. It's so cool. It pops out. If you do get one, remember, you go to casper.com slash dreams. You put in the offer code dreams. You get $50 off towards any mattress. Gary, do you have a Casper mattress? No. No. No, I don't have a Casper mattress. Gary was previously telling me he actually sleeps on an air mattress that has some problems. Do you? Are you going to get him? What's, are you gonna get I think him they'll give me one. I, I, think wanna, I think I'll get one of those mattresses. I want to go ahead. I want to go ahead and get back into the dream sets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. There yeah. is a strange, mm-hmm. I, I've known Gary and Joe. You are two of my very, very good friends. And I feel I've known you guys long enough to know that you're also good friends. There's, I, I've noticed there's a, a, a real element of tension throughout the ta- this, this particular taping. And I want to just say, let's all have fun here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep that in mind. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's hear uh, our next dream yeah, submitted to okay, the yeah. voicemail line mm-hmm. from one of our listeners at home. An actual dream from one of you here at In Your Dreams brought to you by Casper Mattress. Hi, my name is and for the past 24 years, so I'm 26, so I've been having this dream for as long as I can remember and my first memories are from age two. I've had a recurring dream sporadically in which I'm in a white space, a white universe. There's no walls or ceiling. Everything is just white. And there's a giant field of white daisies. And there are these robots that are unseen or unheard. They're they're heard, but they're not seen. And so they um, talk to me while I'm in this dream. And they force me to pick as many white daisies as I can fit into these baskets that they give me. And if I don't pick all of the white daisies, or enough of the white daisies deemed by them, then they will kill everyone that I love. So I've been having this dream pretty much my whole life, and I have no idea what it means. And additionally, uh, it's really weird, and it has caused a lot of um, anxiety in my adult life, and it sparked anxiety attacks when I was a kid as well. Okay, thanks. Bye. Wow. it's an intense dream to have at the age of two. Yeah. yeah. Joe, what's your takeaways? Well, as we know, white was the first word we think of. Wedding. Bride. Yeah. Brides. 
I think there's something where it's like from the age of two, this woman has been told she's got to be a bride. And can I ask a clarification question? And I'm, I'm honestly not trying to make a joke here. I had a little trouble making it up. Was she forced by the robots to pick white daisies or white babies? Daisies, daisies. is what I daisies. heard. I heard the daisies. whole time I was hearing daisies. babies. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, I heard daisies. Picking a field of white babies. I thought yes. there was very racial implications. So, mm-hmm. okay, so daisies. You're thinking bride. You're thinking white. You're thinking um, the gender stereotypes that she could sense from a very young age. There's also something, I would say, insane mm-hmm. asylum about it. Sure. Hospital-esque. If we're talking about robots, robots that are heard and not seen, we're talking about the voices in our head. Right, And if they're telling you to pick a bunch of daisies in this field of daisies, we're talking about completing some job that's boring, completing some job that you have no interest in doing for fear that if you don't complete the job, you will hurt those closest to you. You're not allowed to be your full self or do things that you find fulfilling. And the kind of anxiety that comes with that is debilitating because you don't want anything. You don't want to do anything that upsets your mother or hurts your mother. But. You don't know if this thing is actually helping your mother. You don't know because you haven't yet rebelled against yourself enough to trust yourself to find out what it is that you'd rather be doing. That's why the world is colorless and bland, because you haven't been honest with yourself enough to even see colors. You know, it seems a lot like it's cleanup time. What do you mean by that, Joe? I want to hear more about that. So would I. Um, it's cleanup time. It's cleanup time. Come put your toys away. It's cleanup time. I'm not sure. It's cleanup time. I'm not certain what this is. It's cleanup time. Is this a nursery rhyme? It's like a childhood toys toys away. away. It's It's cleanup time. (laughs) It's cleanup time. Are you familiar? Is this a childhood thing? This is is a a rhyme. Oh. So what you're insinuating is that the space has been rubbed clean and that it's not, that it wasn't always white, that it wasn't always, that the space that she finds herself in is not its natural state. Yeah. See, hmm. this is, I mean, this is really, yeah, you hit the, the heart of the matter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think Gary makes a very good point. Because we are talking about a space that there are no walls. There is no roof or floor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gary, yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's no floor, what are the daisies growing out exactly, of? Exactly, Chris. Yes, that's exactly Exactly. It. Now yeah. you're asking the right questions. Yes. Where are the daisies? Where are the daisies? Where are these robots? Do, do the daisies exist? Are they just voices of daisies? Absolutely. No, I think Gary kind of nailed it this time. You think so? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I got, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm a little tired. I got a little tangled up in that myself, but I know that you are an expert, Gary. You've studied this, but yeah. a lot of it seems like sort of like generalities to me at times or like a little, sometimes I feel a little more confused, like tangled up. Mm-hmm. When that okay. Happens. But I don't know. It's I okay. Got, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. we should take a breath or. For sure. You know what? I'm going to take a step outside. Call my mom, check in, say hello. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that's like good. That'll allow me to cool down. Because I, I, yeah. there has been some simmering tension here. I feel yeah. bad about I'm it. I'm going to get and out of here. contributing to it. So it would, be, it would be nice to. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. Take a few. I'll see you uh, a little yeah. bit, Gary. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel this weird. Why have we all been kind of riding each other? Well, at first I was a little suspicious because I didn't really know that Gary was a dream expert. I didn't either. And so I was a little, I'm always kind of suspicious yeah, of people. Yeah, I was like really excited and surprised because I love Gary. When he told me at the bar, I was like, I didn't know that. I was a little, like the, that school you went to, you really went there. Yeah, I didn't know about the Sherpa program. Yeah, also I got to say, he didn't seem to know 
What city? No, he did. He said Denver. No, when you listen back, you said Denver. No, no, he said Denver. No, you said Denver. He said Denver, and I said, He said something along the lines of, like, when you're dealing with the metaphysical location doesn't matter, and then you said also Denver, and then he said, yeah, Denver. I I don't know. You might want to listen back. I will. I think Gary's doing a great job, and I think that... um, Hey, Gary. Hello. How's your mom? Yeah. She did not pick up... But it's okay. I left her a message, and uh, I think she'll call me back. Nice. I'm so excited about these voicemails. This episode, so many very specific, intense ones here on In Your Dreams, brought to you by the fine folks at Casper Mattress, a great product. Go to casper.com slash dreams. Use the offer code dreams. You get $50 off any mattress. In the meantime, I want to hear more from our listeners out there in the world. Thank you guys so much all for submitting your voicemails. Let's hear about another one of your dreams. Hi, uh, I'm calling about a dream I had four years ago. Um, and at the time I was living in China, I was having a really hard time of it. It was probably, um, the loneliest I think I've ever felt in my life. Um, but I was there, I was there to do a project and I wanted to make the best of it. And I was working really hard. One night I had this dream and in the dream, I was running in a dark corridor that had no beginning and no end. It just went on forever. I was running on barrels, barrels that were turning beneath my feet. And I was doing a really good job running on top of the barrels. I figured out in the dream that I could, if I didn't hesitate and I kept moving my feet from one barrel to the next, I would be able to keep moving on top of the barrels. And up ahead of me, I see a man in red running in front of me. And I look down and I'm wearing orange. And in the dream, I know that orange is a faster color than red. And I am in a race and I can catch up to him because I am wearing orange. I run and I catch up to him pretty quickly and I run and I pass him and just as I am about to pass him, he grabs me by the shoulders, spins me around and looks me right into my eyes and his eyes are as cold and lightless as a shark's. I wake up from the dream and I am in a total sweat. And I can't get back to sleep after that. And from that night onward, I was in probably the most profound depression I've ever found myself in. And that was four years ago. And after that dream seized me, it's taken me four years to move out from that depression. So, um, thanks for listening to my dream and, uh, Sweet dreams. Wow, an ominous sweet dreams. Yeah, that was, a dream. Wow, this is a serious. We got to take this one seriously. This dream led to four years of depression. I didn't even know, Gary, that dreams could have such a profound and long lasting impact. Many people don't wow. know that. Endless corridor, no beginning, no end. Barrels. This is not firm footing. A man in red. Devil imagery. Shark eyes. This is a real life impact on, on this caller. Yeah. Absolutely. Living in China at the time. Joe, what do you take away from all those details? 
I mean, the fact that there was no real attributes about this runner except that he was a head and that he had no soul, it seems like maybe this man is trying to, I don't know, either compete with himself or write for Black Mirror, you know? Wow. Mm -hmm. But I, I do feel like that's something where it's like he is alone. He is alone in this dream Absolutely. and he's alone in real life and there's something there. Gary, are we close here? In your expert opinion, having trained... I do feel like we're getting close. Having or, trained at an yes, institute in Aspen, Colorado. Um, having trained in Aspen, Colorado. Do you... Uh, where? In Aspen? No. Gethard. Where was it again? You know where it was. He said. Denver. Denver, Colorado. Denver. Okay. Why'd you say Aspen? I messed up. I didn't go there, so I mixed, I mixed up two places in okay. Colorado. So what are we looking at here? Dream, devil imagery, while in China, feeling like an outsider. Gary, what are the implications of this? What are the deeper psychological meanings? Why did this lead to such a depression for this man? It feels to me like uh, this man was already in a depression. I understand that it may have intensified, but it doesn't feel like this was the beginning of it. Especially because in the dream, he's not at the beginning nor at the end of the tunnel. He's in the middle of the tunnel and there's only one person that he's aware of, Red. What does Red mean in a dream? I'm sure. But there's several different things. Uh, one would be the devil. But normally it is you running away from the devil. If you're passing Red, that's something completely all together. That's, um, I like to liken it to a bull and a matador. Oh, I was, you know, what? Could, I'm just putting it out there. And if, you, if this is not right, please, please shut it down. Please. But, um, the word mortality comes to mind. Mortality? Blood. Bloodtality. Bloodtality. Well, what did you say? I said mortality. Oh, mortality. In the but blood. Said it, it got swallowed up a little bit. Gotcha. But then we did come up with the word bloodtality. Yeah. So you're saying blood, this represents the ability to be hurt, the ability to die. He's passing by his own mortality. Sure. How does orange interact with that? What is orange? Sun? Sun, uh, citrus, the uh, everlasting good fruit. What? The everlasting good fruit. Is that a... I never heard that. No, it's an old Sanskrit thing. It's an old Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Because it's everlasting. Well, it's not ever... I mean, fruit uh, by its nature expires pretty quickly. The fruit that we know today, yes. In the past, fruit lasted forever? No, oranges did. And not not just oranges, a particular orange, the orange of the immortal. The The, everlasting good fruit. Oh, the orange. orange of the immortal. Yes. Where was... That I don't. That I, gi- that, that's what gives him the strength to continue in this race. So his shirt represents the orange of the immortal. No, it is just symbolic of it. It is not. It's not. It's not a. Physical it doesn't represent it. It's just symbolic of it. Yeah, in a way. Um, you're trying to mix my words up in a no, way that no, makes no, me sound I'm just, I, foolish. No, um, honestly, Gary, I was like, d- I, is, to okay. be honest, I was defending you when you left the room. I was defending you. No, there's no need me. to defend. I mean, if I nothing just, came up, that would be need defending. No, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stir up anything. And I know you yeah. guys have okay. this podcast no, together. No God bless Casper Mattress. But yeah, I'm just no saying. Th- certainly God that, bless Casper Mattress. Springy latex, memory foams, a whole lot of qualities I mean, to the Casper it's Mattress. It's amazing how they ship. But I will say that I, I just... What I'm saying because is that I, this I, dream speaks to the strength. As a Nairopa alum. Go Doves. Is that the mascot of the Nairopa Institute? Yeah. I hate to be this person, but can we play the who you know game? Who do you know? Uh, uh, just let's see if we know anyone in common. You know Jax? Who's Jax? Jax uh, is Jax the last name or the first name? Only name. No, I don't. Anyone? Uh, <laughs> do you know Samson? 
You know, Brett? Do you? Do you know uh, Travis? You know Shang? You know Marcus? You know Taylor? Do you know Annabelle? Do you know Marshawn? Do you know Joe, do you know any Amir? of these people or not? Do you know Shang? I think I've heard of Shang. I, maybe a class of Shang. Maybe. Listen, I want to... We're running out of time here. Okay, you're sorry. Right. You're can right. I also yeah. just say, can I, I, I do just want to apologize to the people who submitted dreams. I, I, I do feel like it's fair to say we gave that recent listener almost nothing. We talked mostly yeah. about oranges and then people. Sure, but I'm guys, just going to say that this was not a dream meant to send that listener into a spiral. This was meant to be more of a buoy in this uh, great dark period. This was trying to speak to interesting the persistence, the like knowledge that knowing that if I just keep moving forward right now, this will pass. So you're saying this person already felt maybe unmoored. They were, they were already in a very lonely place. And I do understand that after this, they did go deeper. But I do think that this dream was speaking to their strength, their persistence, their intellect and in figuring out that as long as they keep moving forward, this time will pass. And I do get it's it's scary imagery on the surface, but at the end of the day, this listener did learn how to run on the barrels. Absolutely. He did confront the demon that Absolutely. was in front of them. He tried to move past the demon. The demon grabbed him and said, you will confront me. Those shark eyes looked Absolutely. right into the listener's soul. Absolutely. So it's fair to say that in many ways, this is a hopeful dream reflective of a grim time. I absolutely think that. About the listener's strength. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we really did get somewhere. I think we have to wrap things up here on In Your Dreams. Joe Firestone, mm-hmm. you, uh, we just talked to Aparna. You guys are doing Womanhood, a fantastic mm-hmm. web series. Oh, thank you. So, so funny. Anything else you want to let people know you got coming up? You want to let people know where they can find out more about you? Yeah, I'm doing this show called Shark Eyes, and it's at Union Hall in J- January. And uh, and I encourage you guys to buy tickets. It's uh, free if you bring candy canes, but uh, $10 if you don't. Joe Firestone, thank you. Thanks for, for having that. Me, And feel free to just Google Joe if you want to find out more about her and her work. Gary, such a good time. Thank yeah, you for analyzing blast. dreams. I can know you're probably spent after putting your expertise to the test like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. tired. I want to thank everybody who submitted voicemails letting us know about their dreams. And we want to thank all you guys for listening. And we want to thank Casper Mattress for allowing this to happen in the first place. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next time on In Your Dreams. In Your Dreams is produced by David Herman with help from many of the fine folks at Earwolf. We're talking Lex Friedman, Chris Bannon, John Delore, Jared O'Connell, and Zach Dinerstein. Our theme song is Square Ball by the Underground Railroad to Candyland. The show would not be possible without you, the listeners, sending us your strange and wonderful dreams. Absolutely. Shout out to everybody snoozing and remembering what's popping off. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. It really genuinely helps so much. Of course, there's iTunes and all the other places where you get your podcasts. Keep yeah. tabs on me, Chris Gethard. I'm at www.chrisgeth.com. I'm on Twitter at Chris Gethard, all those things. I'm most places at Gary Yes Gary. Gary. Check it out. Yes Gary. Uh-huh. And of course, In Your Dreams is brought to you by Casper, the obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Yeah, don't forget that you can get 50 bucks off this mattress at www.casper.com slash dreams and using the offer code DREAMS. 
Of course, we're talking about some terms and conditions that do apply. That's casper.com slash dreams. Use the offer code dreams. I'm Chris Gethard. And I'm Gary Richardson. Thank you for listening. And good night. Good night.